0: All right, uh, welcome to the Fruiting Buddy Podcast with your host, Brendan. Today, we have another legend of a guest. It is Jay Shark. Okay, now, Jay, he is the founder, owner, co-host of Phuket Podcast. Um, but specifically for this podcast today, we're just gonna be learning about Jay's life and actually one of my heroes, and as they say, don't meet your heroes, and this is how I started my podcast. We're gonna understand how he got that all together, and we're gonna dive deep into the life of Jay LaShark.
1: Deep in me.
0: We're gonna get real deep. It's gonna. Get, I think I we're gonna. I didn't realize it was
1: that kind of podcast.
0: Change this to a uh, eighteen plus, yeah, Hans. So for the record, I'm super hungover. So anyone watching this right now, I'm not. Leave it in the con. I think he's just gonna probably fuck with me a little bit during. No, 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 it. not okay. at all, not at all. At all okay, good. so, uh, well, first, thanks for coming, Jay. Thank you for having me. It's so funny these podcasts because you're on you're on the other end. Is this your first time on that end?
1: <laughs> Excuse me. <Was> <laughs> not like that. Um, no, I what. <sighs> Podcasting-wise, yes, but I've been interviewed on radio shows before and stuff like that. So, no, it's not my first time on the other side of the microphone, let's say.
0: But at, like, this type of length, like, obviously, like, a radio show is going to be, what, like, 20, 30 minutes. But if we're going for three hours today...
1: If you want to go three hours, mate, I can handle it.
0: So, I initially started this podcast watching your... listening to your podcast and decided... It was during COVID. I was like, you know and what? What
1: you said was, yours is shit, Jay, so I can do better. That's yeah, what you thought. You
0: know, I thought, I'm like, that's a great idea because there's so many interesting people on the island of Phuket. And I've had this conversation multiple times with people. It's, if you go back to your, your hometown or where I'm from, a small town in, in Canada, um, how many interesting people are in that town? But in Phuket, they're, they're a dime a dozen.
1: No, it's true. And I'll tell you what, the other thing that we found when we do our podcast, um, Jada Shark and Friends and Russell Podcast, um, that you think you know people here, but you don't. Once you sit down with them, talk to them, you know, for an hour, hour and a half, you find out so much more about them that you never knew. Because you only know people from, you know, hanging out with them, seeing them in the same situations in Phuket, you know, going to the same networking events, whatever, whatever, whatever. You sit down with them all the time and find out, wow, you came from where? And you did what? How did you get, what did you do? And that's what we found really interesting when we started
0: ours. Why, why did you guys start it up? Like, where did this, you know... How was it born, essentially?
1: Um, Okay, so pre-COVID, so we've been going for three years. We're coming up to 150 episodes, uh, but we've missed a bit of time during Christmas, New Year, bits and pieces. But myself and Russell, who's the the co-host on my show, we were on radio together years ago back in Phuket. So we started off on 91.5 back in the day. God, long, long time ago. And we both really love radio. We both like entertainment. We both do emceeing, bits and pieces, of stuff like that. And it just got to the point, I just got divorced and I was a little bit down, a little bit depressed, a little bit kind of wanting to find something creative to become happy again. And I always loved radio, wanted to get back into radio. But radio here in Phuket, you're very limited to what you can and can't do. And you're kind of told, right, you must play this music. You must say this thing. You've got to do the traffic. You've got to do the weather. And look, that's cool. And I get it. But that's not what we wanted to do. We wanted to be creative. We wanted to swear. We wanted to do our own thing. We wanted to have no one telling us what we can and can't do. So we just came up with the idea of just, let's just go for it. Let's just try it. We, we recorded, must have, oh God, we must have recorded about six episodes just randomly, just trying to come up with a different idea. Just of what you to do. guys. Just was, us, yeah. just me and Russ just shooting the breeze, you know, chewing the fat, whatever you want to say. And then we just kind of went at one point point. I said, do you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's just record it and get it out there and see what happens. And that was the first episode, and then it just grew from there. The first guest wasn't until the third episode, and then that then erupted into even more complications, as you'll understand, is trying to get guests is the hardest thing. And getting guests lined up at the right time, because Russell and I have both have got different jobs. So to try to get everyone all together at the same time on the same day is a nightmare. And that's been the hardest thing about the podcast.
0: How um, did you start deciding like, like the theme of the podcast? Because it's very similar to this one as well. We're just bringing people on the island that have listen, these interesting it,
1: stories. It just evolved. The idea was, I think, like I said, we did about six before just chatting, just me and Russ, just having a little giggle. And, and just at one point we was going to pick up three different topics and was just going to talk about those topics and see what happens. Um, but then we just went into people's journeys, you know, and as we we're saying, finding out about people, how they got here. Why did they come here? You know, there's different people. Years ago, people used to come here. I was on holiday and I stayed. That was everyone's old chestnut. But that's changed. You know, people are here for different reasons. Some people was on a boat and they just ended up here. Some people were, you know, wanted to come here. Some people were on holiday and stayed. Different people got different stories. So we wanted to document the stories of why people came to Phuket and then what they do here mm. and learn more about them. And also the other thing, we wanted to meet, well, I say we. It was more so for me, I am, as a, as a single dad, so my two kids live with me. I wasn't going out very much. So I wasn't, And I knew a lot of people. I've lived on the island for a long time. So I know a lot of people. But I wasn't meeting new people. So the start of the podcast and getting guests in was another way to meet new people. You know, and people that we might not know that well or we might have only seen around and bits and pieces. And, yeah, we got them in and chatted to them. And here we are, 150 episodes later, and we're yeah. still at it.
0: Is there, I mean, I guess we can relate on that end, but is there a certain point, like, when you're looking for a guest, like specifically, what are you looking for? Or Do you have people that approach you and you <laughs> say, uh, I don't know if you're going to be a fit?
1: Ask Russell that question. Is he, <laughs> he kind of... Well, no, I'm the... <laughs> he laughs at me because I stalk people. I honestly, I mean, I'm joking aside, I do. I go out and stalk people. I find out, you know, if there's a new DJ or if there's a new someone or there's someone on the island that I've not heard for, but they're, they're quite active on social media, then I'll go and tap them up and say, hey, look, do you want to come on the show? It, It probably does come across a bit weird when you get this message from some dude saying, hey, do you want to come on my podcast and talk to me? Mm." Um, But that's how we do it. Or we know people and they come on. We have had a few people ask us to be on that wanted to go out and promote stuff. Um, But generally, we're out knocking on doors and saying, do you want to come on? Do you want to chat? And we've had people say no. We've had people say yes. It's
0: kind of cool. Yeah, most people are pretty receptive. I mean, it's it's not the end of the world. They get a bit, you know, standoffish if they're like, well, what if I say something I shouldn't? And that's why, uh, Hans can cut it.
1: Well, you're lucky you've got a producer. I produce it all myself.
0: Yeah. And, and you
1: also did, um, uh,
0: Lynn's book as well.
1: I did. Yeah. That was a, uh, she's amazing lady. She's stunning. Um, I love her. Yeah. No, we, we talked, I, um, trained at Somali years and years ago when I had my first fight and my only fight and, um, I lost if you, you know, so I'm, I'm zero and one and I'm happy with that. It was, was it
0: against an actual opponent or? No, I just <laughs> didn't bring myself with a midget. we was just doing it on a little carnival yeah. event.
1: Um, no, I was, it was a charity event. So it was a, a black tie Muay tie for Phuket has been good to us. Mm. Um, but I fought a Brazilian guy who was 10 years younger than me um, had trained a lot in the past and he absolutely destroyed me. The only thing I cared about was the entrance. So I spent more time planning my entrance. Look, I'm a big WWF wrestling fan, that right? You. So all I did was I planned. I got a live guitarist to come in with me. He designed his own song, wrote his own song for me. I had smoke machines going on, feather boa, glasses on, and I just walked around the whole ring just doing the entrance. And that's all I cared about was just having that big entrance and then got my ass kicked uh, A lot
0: Like first round type of thing? Or?
1: Uh, no, it took me to the third round. And then after I was getting kicked enough, I just went, you know what, I have enough of being kicked it really hurts. My Thai hurts.
0: Yeah, but I I used to be a massive uh, W, I still, I refuse to say WWE, to be honest. It's still WWF. It's yeah? WWF, but uh, I mean, I used to get every pay-per-view. I remember, th- this one always sticks with me, Hell in the Cell, uh, Mankind versus Undertaker, Top of the Cage, Chokeslam. It's iconic. I, that, after 99, I don't know, because I was probably 16 at that time, I stopped watching but kind of that generation that stone cold steve austin <laughs> the rock the attitude era that yeah. was kind of the end in my opinion
1: uh, i love it and i love it even now i don't watch it as much as i used to but i love it because i i like the showmanship of it i like the entertainment side of it i do like the marketing side of it i for me that wrestling WWF, WWE, whatever they are the best marketing company in the world the amount of merch they sell they amount of pay-per-views they sell they create this. And this is what I, for my marketing, I look at what they do and kind of grab it. But going back to the Somali, yeah, the, the audio book was a was a tough one to do. Um, Lynn and I spent hours sat together um, doing that. And I'd never produced an audio book before, um, but it was interesting to do it. It was, it was fun. I'm not sure I'd want to do it again because it's a lot of work. Yeah, I, a talk, lot of work.
0: I talked to Lynn and I was going to reach out to you. I just asked her the process. And after an hour on the phone, I was like, Absolutely not. I wanted to do it for uh, uh, The History of Phuket with Colin. Yep, I know Colin, good guy. But after I talked to Lynn, Lynn's book's what? Uh, how many pages is it? 600? Something like that. I can't Something remember. Like it took that. us hours. And Colin's has got to be like 2,000, whatever. Lynn explained it to me, and I'm like, there's no chance we can do this. Like this would, it would it you? Would, I think we'd be in the studio for probably 100 hours recording to get that done.
1: Absolutely. And then it yeah. was the editing afterwards and 11 it all. And then once I did that, then you had to go and work out how to get it onto the platform and they wanted it in certain chunks and certain st- uh, it was and
0: they take a huge commission as well apparently no
1: yeah i don't think but it was you know it was fun doing it and it was it was lovely spending time with lynn in you know we went to her apartment and just sat there just chilled out for a few times each week and it was cool but i wouldn't do it again i wouldn't yeah do it's, it again. it's
0: one of those things same with this podcast it's uh once things start growing they snowball but if you asked me to do this uh you know from scratch i don't know two years ago i'd probably But it's It's kind of like it takes a life of its own. So jumping into the marketing side of stuff, obviously you're kind of the voice of the radio as well. We all hear you on uh, the Phuket radio. Yeah, sorry about that. But what's funny here, I guess, is uh, to digress a bit. Every time I'm in Thailand and you're trying to look for the radio, you can never remember the number. You know, you get in the new car and it's not programmed. Anyways, that's that's me personally. How did you kind of like get into that marketing side and kind of generally like what you're doing in Phuket that's paying the bills essentially?
1: Oh. That's a really hard question. Okay. So, I have a production company, um, which is my company, and we produce content. Now, whether that be marketing content or fun content or whatever, but when I set it up, there were so many marketing companies. Everyone's doing Facebook, everyone does Instagram, everyone does whatever, whatever, whatever. And they're all very good at it. And I can do that, and I can do that as well, and I can do all that sort of bits and pieces. But I thought, what do we do, or what can I do that's different from other marketing companies? And the one thing that I had that they don't have is an audio background. So I was on the radio for years and years and years, obviously doing podcasts as a DJ, producing music, producing stuff like that. And I thought, right, let's go down that path, because that then sets me aside from other people from other marketing companies. So that's where we kind of thought we'd go for audio marketing as a push. Now... I love audio and I love audio marketing. The issue I have is trying to get other people and businesses to appreciate audio marketing and appreciate that radio still works. Podcasts still work and will work. Audio marketing is a huge thing that's just not done, and the problem is is, what I have to do really in Phuket is go and knock on doors and teach them that audio marketing works, which puts me in a difficult situation because they don't then want to realistically want to do it. They just want to go, do. oh, no, we want Facebook, or oh, we want this, we want this, we want this. Oh, no, radio doesn't work. No one listens to radio. Oh, what's the point of podcasts? Oh, we can't hear you, da, 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 da. And so you end up having to educate people. And so that was a bad side from my business. I have to educate people. So then I thought, well, what else can I do? Well, do my own podcast. Go and speak to other people. Produce some podcasts. So that's what we started doing. We started doing producing podcasts. For the radio side of things, yeah, we produce radio adverts. We create radio adverts. I love
0: doing that. That's so you, fun. You were creating other podcasts on the island as well. Yeah, we do
1: other podcasts. Um, we've done a few. We used to do a property <coughs> podcast. Uh, we did that over yeah, f- during saw it, COVID. Yeah. That was fun. Um, we do a dog podcast. So Russell and I, who, who's my co-host, he runs a dog. I have to call it a luxury dog hotel. He hates it when I call it a kennels, but it's apparently it's a luxury dog hotel. Mm. We do a what we call Barkcast, which is a just it's twenty minutes each week where we just talk about dogs and dog related questions. The cool thing about that one is not only is it a podcast, it's also on the radio as well. So we got approached by the local radio, and said, "Look, guys, we love what you're doing."
0: Is that one on? It's on Sunday. I've it's heard Saturday. Saturday, Saturday mornings yeah. at ten o'clock.
1: Because yep. originally we got asked by Byron, who's from ninety one point five, if we'd put the Jayla Shark and Friends podcast on the radio, and I was like that. And, and I spoke to Russell about it. I said, "Look." We would, people would listen to it so we get more exposure, but then we can't swear. We can't say the things we say and we get away with the induendos. None of that can happen. So what
0: happens if you're swearing on on live radio? Like, obviously they can't bleep it. Like, does it cut out or is there someone like- Well, you don't swear on live radio. You just, you just don't. But what would happen? Like, what are the repercussions? You
1: just apologize. I mean, look, uh, it's never happened to me. And when I've done my live shows on the radio, um, if it did, you'd just apologize say, look, we're really sorry, didn't mean it. And it depends what you say. I mean, most people might say the smaller words yeah, might not happen, out. but if you say the yeah. big words, you'd probably get in a lot of trouble, but you just have to be careful.
0: Going back to the podcast side, now people are reaching out to you to help them produce it, or you're kind of looking for people on that side?
1: Uh, both, both really. At the moment, I don't have any time. I've got so many podcasts that I've got ready to go, and a lot of them are more uh, documentary, audio documentaries. Mm. I'm a lover of audio documentaries. I've written a couple. I just haven't had time to record them and go out and get them. So I did one on veganism. I think I had half recorded one on yoga. I've got one on French fries I need to do. I've got a whole restaurant podcast that I haven't even started doing yet. So I've got all these shows that are ready to go. I just don't have any time.
0: Just use a chat GPT. Well, I've yeah. been using it so much for my, like just uh, article just, content, but it's, I just it's not like,
1: perfect. I just like doing it. Mm. It's just funny to, but at the moment we've, with my other clients I'm just so for example this week so we recorded a podcast on Monday Tuesday I'm out on a boat with 60 kids doing snorkeling and then doing beach games um picking up sea urchins showing them stuff like that and then Wednesday I'm shooting more video I'm shooting stuff I'm doing pictures I'm writing blogs I'm writing stuff and then yesterday I was out on a boat with 250 people doing team building and then today I've been MCing at a sports event I just don't have any time just don't have any time to do my work cuz then i get home and it's cooking dinner for the kids reading stories to them and by 9:30 i'm done
0: yeah you just don't have the bandwidth to do No it not at all uh how long how long have you been in Phuket 10 years or 16 years 16 yeah, years yeah it was my anniversary last week 16 years do- I mean, I've been here seven. I think I'm starting to get that seven year itch. So it's hard for people to understand because we have the Maya Bays, and you know everyone back home will look at us and be like, "You live in paradise. Oh, this
1: must be so great. You live in such a beautiful place." But then we place. kind of forget about it. Yeah,
0: we have work. Do Do you get that feeling after sixteen years, like that itch to maybe go to another destination? Yeah. Do you think you would do it? Yeah. Where would it be?
1: I mean, I've been saying this for about ten years. Mm. I really have. Um, after I got divorced, I decided, you know, that was really a bad time. And I just wanted to get out of Phuket. I stayed because my kids were here and then they moved in with me. And so I've got them full time. Would I want to leave Phuket? Yeah. I wanted to go just during COVID. I loved COVID. COVID for me was brilliant. I think we all did. No <laughs> one around. Traffic, no, no traffic, you know, things. And for what I think you and I both do, I can be busy during COVID. I was really busy during COVID. Same, yeah. Really busy. You know, got more clients, got a load of work done. I mean, it's great being a jack of all trades during COVID because I just picked up so much work. I would love to leave. Where I would go is the problem.
0: Yeah, I think that's always the question. And not to be biased, but I've been in Asia 12 years. I don't think there's a better hub than Phuket in all of Asia. I mean, maybe... Everyone's got different
1: opinions. The hub thing I don't disagree with you with. There's certain things in Phuket I hate. I'm frustrated Everyone's got different lives, you know. um, I remember when I said I wanted to go back to England once. Oh, the weather's shit, you know, you want to go back there for... It's like, I don't think about the weather. That's not my reason for leaving Mm. Phuket is the weather. You know, it's got nothing to do with that. I think you have to look at everything. I mean, I go back on, as a single dad with two kids, you don't get any support here. It cost me an awful lot of money to put my kids into international school. You don't get any benefits from having kids here. You know, it's a tough, tough life. You know, and I'm not saying that I, I'm, I'm, I'm weak and I can't do it. But I'd have more support if I went back to my home country. You know, schooling's free to start with. Oh, I can go to the hospital. I might, be, NHS might not be the best, but it's still free. You know, life here's good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I was out in PP. I was up at the top of Koh Hong looking over the views into Pangar Bay. It is stunning. It is beautiful. You know, out, like I said, out on a boat yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. You know, swimming with sharks a couple of weeks ago but that's not the be all and end all of life you know you still have to get up in the morning get the kids ready to school you know drive to school i still have to go to work this afternoon i still got to go into meetings and stuff i just don't know where i'd go right now i really don't
0: yeah it's it's hard to i was thinking koh samui as, as an option but I, th- I i always wonder at these destinations like if you would kind of you would get bored after a while like places like for example like copenhagen you can't i don't think you could live there for me personally i was looking up into chiang mai but the, the smoke up there is insane. Like, it's, it's so... Oh, yeah, where, mean, where, and Bangkok is just out of the question. I'm no, 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 not, not all, a city not person. So.
1: See, I would, I would probably go back to Europe. I, I think for me also going maybe somewhere English speaking as well. I'm kind of a little bit tired of not understanding everything, but understanding enough to just to get by. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? I mean, I don't know. Right now, I am so busy with work that it's kind of just make money, make money, save money, save money, save money. And let's see what happens.
0: Now you're working with Sean. We got, we got our sponsor, shout out to five star Marine for sponsoring the podcast and helping us produce this as well. How did you guys kind of come together? Cause you're doing a lot of content for him as well. Yeah.
1: Sean saw me and he fell in love with me. Um, he asked me out on a date. I said, look, Sean, I'm not into that kind of thing. He said, I am. I said, Sean, please don't. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And like, then he, uh, me. that's the teaser. <laughs> 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 I'm joking.
1: Um, no, Sean came on the podcast, and I don't know how we got about talking to him. I I think I'd been out on a – this must be a couple of years ago – on a five-star boat trip with – I can't remember how it all happened. Maybe with Amy and, and Nando from from Satai. I, I can't – anyway, for some reason, I went out on a boat trip. And then we then invited Sean onto the show. He came onto the show. We got talking, and it was it was a great podcast. Really cool guy, really interesting to talk to. Um, and then I think I did a couple of bits and pieces where he was doing, this was with the bags for life stuff yep. a couple of years ago during COVID. And I think I rocked up when they were doing their packing. Not that I ever did any packing and was just mucking around and being a complete and utter douchebag while they were doing it and making jokes, doing live videos and stuff. And I think from that, Sean just kind of liked what I did. And he kind of reached out to me and said, look, do you want to come on board? We're really interested to, let's do a video. To, you know, I just want to do one video a week. I was like, okay, no problem at all. We talked about it, talked about it, talked about it, ended up just doing it. And he just wanted me to go out on the boat and be me. And it was really nice because not many people want you to be you when you go, you know, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm not exactly the easiest person in the world. I'm a bit, I, I'm a bit out there. I'm, I'm stupid. I'm, I'm probably like a child. I really am. But that's what he wanted. He wanted that child mentality to really drive his YouTube videos and his business. So he said, come and do it. And we ended up starting doing one. Then he wanted me to do more and more. And now I'm doing two a week with him. And now he's involved in it as well. Because I always said that he was he's the brand. Sean is the brand. He's an amazing guy. He is the brand. And he should be in the shows as well. And all the ones that we did together um, during COVID, during just after COVID, during the flooding, we were doing live videos. We started doing so much content, content, content with me and him. And people liked it. Mm. And it seems to have fallen in that we now do more and more and what more. What
0: was kind of the North Star? So I watched a few of the videos you've as well. You've watched them all, you mean? And you've liked and subscribed uh, every to Every single one. Bell, Marine. I, smash the bell, you name it. But <laughs> it's, uh, I watch color. a lot where you're kind of doing the, like, the, basically, like a live update of what's going on in Phuket in terms of weather or the day, yeah, well a this, little bit news. Like, what, what was the direction or the North Star behind it all?
1: That started during the flooding. So during the flood updates, um, <laughs> I love Sean to death. He, I don't know when he sleeps, Mm. right? And all I know that he he must have WhatsApp (laughs) connected to his body somewhere because we just get messages all the time. So three, four in the morning, I get a WhatsApp message. Oh, we're going to shoot this. I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to do this live update and be here, be here, be here. So he's really on it. So we started doing live updates during the flooding and going out during the flooding and just updating people. So if he couldn't do a live update, I'd do a live Facebook or a live YouTube or whatever just to tell people what's going on. The viewing figures from just doing... Crappy little videos using our phones were just through the roof compared to, you know, normal stuff. I say through the roof. We're not talking millions and millions. But, you know, there were enough in there thousands to make us go, hold on, there must be something in this. We talked about setting up our own media company. and We talked about getting some people on to do media for us. And we we're going to do And maybe that will happen in the future. But then we thought, well, if these are working, let's do a weekly news video. And so we're now on our eighth episode of doing the, it's the Phuket tourism news and it's just a bit of fun. What we're trying to do is, Sean and I don't like negative news. And we see in the, the Phuket news, and that's not referring Phuket news, but the Phuket news generally, even, you know, you talk about the tiger, the Phuket news, whoever it is, it's all doom and gloom. Crash mm. here, this happened, so-and-so's jumped off a, a balcony, so-and-so did this, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's all negative, negative, negative. So Sean and I wanted to put a spin on it and be positive, positive, positive. So I was like, let's grab the positive news and talk about that. And so Sean still wants me to do weather, but it, for some reason he wants me to do a weather report every day, which I don't get because it's already happened. So each week I play what happened on last week's weather. But Sean says that people like that, and I personally I think it's stupid. But anyway, Yeah, and also,
0: I mean, it's high season here basically, so it's sunny again. It's the same again. weather every day, and <laughs> exactly. this is what people don't realize. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: they, But I guess because we've lived here so much, sometimes we've got our blinkers on and we're so used to it, don't mm. we forget that people don't live here. And they then, oh, I wonder what it was like last week. And what was it like going to be happening this week? It's like, it's high season. It's going to be hot, and it might be a thunderstorm in the evening. Yeah, you that's might the weather for the next couple of months.
0: This this content on the YouTube side, are you doing all the production, all the post-production yourself as well? Oh,
1: no, 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 no. I'll pass it over to someone else. Yeah, so we have, um, yeah, we have a Hans. Um, we have a better-looking Hans. No offense. <laughs> but we have a better... <laughs> there we go. You, he's got no mic I'm, to, I'm to in help out. I'm a of trouble out. now. Um, we have a Hans based in the, uh, in the Philippines that we send okay. it to. So I edit a Really, really cool guy. Really comes up with some cool stuff. And what I like about him, he, he takes the piss, which I like. So he grabs anything I say and what I do, and he just, you know, he runs with it and puts stupid voices on and stuff Perfect. like that. Perfect. Well, give this me his number, nice.
0: Hans. You're out of a job now.
1: <laughs> I'm but then we also do, I mean, I, Sean <laughs> makes me, I think I'm Sean's plaything, and that sounds really sexual, and I don't mean it like that. But he likes to make me uncomfortable. He likes to make me go and do stuff. I'm I'm kind of like a toy to him. Listen, if that makes him happy, if him saying, Jay, can you go and do a video in the middle of the field when the Heroines Festival is about to start and I'm there with these carnival guys setting up this big wheel who are scaring the shit out of me because they're all staring at me with their shirts off and all their Mm. prison tattoos and I'm an idiot in the middle of a field recording this and they're just evil eyes looking at me. Sean likes that. He, he wants me to yeah, get well, in trouble. It's I think. different
0: content as well. Like kind of the, what we see is like, let's call it the, the Thai vloggers. They kind of just fall into this like, uh, you know, mold of they know what works and then it's very repetitive. So your top 10 list of where to go or let's go look at a condo and tell you the price of it.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. And, and look, it, it's and what they do is great, fair play to them. And some of them, I don't know how they get so many views. You know, and I've been looking at it thinking, it's just a guy walking through a condo and he's got like a, you know, 20, 30, 40, 100,000 views. And what? It's shit. But it seems to work. So fair play to him. And, you know, we put so much effort (laughs) into our videos and sometimes we put too much effort in, you know, for like maybe 400, 500 views. But the key thing for us is we don't look at the views and we don't worry so much because what we're looking at is the bookings. Now, bear in mind, the content we're doing for Five Star Marine is to drive people to book mm. a tour of us.
0: So is the call to action driving the content? That's what's Or the, the content's kind of just, let's go with it? It's a
1: bit of both. You know, mm. for the you know, we'll go out and we'll do a video showing PP. I mean, we know what works. You know, we know people are searching PP. They're searching Maya Bay. They're searching James Bond Island. They're searching Pangnar Bay. So we know those search terms are going to work. But like I said, we're not trying to get thousands and millions of views. What we're trying to get is... Good content that people like, which then they engage with, and then they do something. Mm. And if they're booking tours through our video content, then that's great. You know, if we're only got 200 views, but out of those 200 views, three or four people have booked a tour. Uh, if
0: you have 10 views in the one person, exactly, that's all, that's that all we want. You know,
1: yeah. I love what the vloggers are doing. I get contacted all the time by the vloggers who want them to go on a free trip with Five Star Marine, and it happens all the time. They're hitting you up. Oh, they? Yeah, well, Sean gives them my number because uh. he loves it. <laughs> so Sean will say, here's Jay's number, contact Jay. He's our mm. content guy. I'm like, cheers, Sean. Um, but then they give me their media pack. And, and the great thing about my background is marketing as well. So I can look at their media pack and actually analyze it and think, oh, come on, guys, this is ridiculous. Just because you've got 100,000 people on Instagram you're going to give us one reel one story and one picture that does jack shit for
0: us is there like a, a recipe to let's say a a, vlog, a tie vlogger and you're able to analyze like subs average views whatever to be able to put a price on them
1: not so much a price but we look at their we know what works for us so we know what content works for us and I'll be honest with you Instagram doesn't work for no. us no it really doesn't it, it, it never will and I, I don't think, think it's,
0: it's just my, my opinion of Instagram TikTok and all that it's it's just retargeting, reminder, uh, brand awareness. No. I, don't, I don't think you really convert through it. Like, you're never going to make a decision through Instagram. No, absolutely. But when you come to the YouTube channel, because now you're, you're watching it for 10, 12 minutes, you then might go make that Completely. conversion.
1: Complete. And what we also get from uh, the guests, when I'm on the pier at 5 Star in the morning, guests will come, oh, we've been watching your videos. So after they've booked, they'll then go and watch the videos as well to see what they're getting. And it's interesting because they'll come. hey, you're Jay, you're Sean. Oh, great. We know you got. They, they feel like they know us. And for our customers, for Five Star Marine customers to come there knowing us already, they become part of the family straight away. And that's what we have at Five Star. Mm-hmm. I'm going into corporate mode now. That's what we have at Five Star is a family. You know, the, the team are a family. I'm part of the family, although I think I'm second cousin twice removed. But I'm still part of the family. And when the guests come on holiday, we want them to be part of the family as well. And they already feel it when they watched our videos. So Instagram will never work for us. TikTok, I never... I do understand TikTok. It's not my demographic. It wouldn't work for us because it's people aren't going to book it. We know who's booking our holidays. We know who's booking our tours. Mm. So I think the key thing is, is for us is to... When people contact us vloggers, we look at what they're doing. Are they the right people? Are they of the right age group that people are going to watch? Or are they just a hot chick and a hot guy? And don't get me wrong, I think that's brilliant. And you hot chicks and you hot guys... Look great on Maya obeying and your bikinis and your six packs brilliant. Our guests don't want to see that
0: yeah you're not it's not going to convert I mean there's a reason why these these girls are you know showing their ass on Instagram of eight million followers, but do they have any conversions on monetization?
1: None at all I don't. probably but look don't get me wrong. they might be I mean I know years ago some of the Instagram girls were selling makeups and selling bikinis. Yeah doing really well and they did very well for themselves that's fantastic and I've got utmost respect for them but then everyone during COVID became an Instagrammer everyone became a vlogger Every, oh I've given up work now I'm going to vlog around the world I'll go and buy a thousand well, million that's subscribers that's how it all blew
0: up like well, so Chris Parker will be he's going to grab a camera for me on Sunday but during COVID he started up doing push-ups in his house or something like this. And now he's probably number two or three. He's in all of, amazing. He's number two or three in all of Thailand.
1: But look at that. I mean, a lot of times he just, he's, all he's got is a phone. He yeah. walks around with a phone. You know, and I, he frustrates me a little bit though, and Sean knows this, because I put so much effort. I mean, I'll be out getting costumes and planning everything and doing all this over, overproducing everything for what, but I enjoy it mm. and I enjoy kind of overproducing was Chris Parker is walking around the street, do this, do this, a million views. A million, well, I think fair, his I
0: post-production, because he used to do post-production for Game of Thrones. Do you know that? Or?
1: Oh, I didn't know. Oh, okay. He owned
0: his own media company and sold it. That's why he's retired here. Damn you, Chris Parker, so, for being so good. That, the reason I, I was kind of, well, not just because he's Canadian, was his editing and post-production is phenomenal. But that comes from his background. And you can go watch other vloggers. His, he, he just He's so dialed into that world. That's why I think he succeeded. It was purely on his editing. He's as a good well. guy.
1: I mean, I, I've never officially met him, mm. um, but obviously his name comes up a lot because Sean works with him quite yeah. closely. And the great thing is, he he delivers some really good content, which is very different from what I and Sean deliver. I mean, f- listen for what I do, it, it's purely marketainment. It, it's comedy. It's entertainment. Bad comedy, probably, but that's what we do. Mm-hmm that's what we do.
0: do. Do you have any irons on the fire for like content that, you know, it's like a passion project or something like you, you want to produce something that you haven't revealed to the world. And you know, it's something you'd like to take on. You just don't have the time. Come to my house,
1: not sexually, but you are a good looking guy. <laughs> Come to my house, open my wardrobe. I must have about four or five different outfits that are lined up ready for content um, that I haven't done yet.
0: Are you able to share with it or?
1: Sure, I uh, had (laughs) a like,
0: like your idea. Like, would it be a YouTube piece? Um,
1: a lot of it. I actually was. I was gonna go short form comedy. So I was gonna. um, I love comedy, completely love comedy. But I was gonna do a little sketch show. Um, but it was a very quick thirty second sketch show. So I'd have different characters, would just do quick thirty seconds. So it'll be maybe a two minute video but it's four different characters. Um, I had a Russian... <laughs> this is probably very politically incorrect now. Uh, the Russian stand-up comedian um, called Victor. He was a, a, a Russian <laughs> stand-up comedian that was just so dry and just would never laugh, but he would just deliver his joke. And he, I, I did a pilot episode, and it was hilarious. Um, but then, obviously, with the, the whole war thing, I'm not sure if I can bring it back. Russell thinks I should, mm. um, but I, I'm... I, I'm just a little bit nervous to bring back Victor the Russian as a as a comedy character. Might not be the, the and best the, thing. These right would
0: now. kind of be just like quick thirty second sketches. It, it, it's or?
1: thirty second sketches. Yeah. Then I've got a uh, <laughs> I've I've got a vegan. Well, no, and it's not a vegan. I've got a um a, a, a children's entertainer character that is teaching kids about being healthy and vegan, but actually has this deep horrible psychological psycho problem. Where he wants to eat meat all the time. So the idea would he would be dressed up in his rainbow outfit, all bright colors, and be doing, oh, kids, you know, this is little piggy, he's lovely. And then all of a sudden it will just kind of flash with dark kind of imagery. And then all of a sudden it will end up with me dressed as a, in a, I don't know, in some sort of outfit, eating raw meat in a basement or something. And that was another character that I came up with. I'm I'm seeing your face isn't laughing that much. So maybe I'll I'll get rid of that one. He wasn't very good.
0: I'm thinking on that side, like, like how you're producing it as well. Like, are you talking to the camera or it's kind of the fourth wall? Like uh, you're imagining talking, the audience is
1: all talking is, to the camera. So it'll be, I yeah. mean, I've got the green screen at home. I've got all the lights mm-hmm. at home. Once again, I just haven't had time to set up this beautiful studio like this.
0: You yeah, know, this, this is, is what I need. We slapped this together. I can it tell it was uh, way too expensive. Actually, ev- everything's not too bad. It was just, I think the cameras were a bit like that kind of killed us. My my landlord helped out with a lot of the furniture, so we... She did all the curtains when we were setting it up. She came in. Yeah, we slapped it together.
1: Nice bamboo curtain. Once you open it, you never go back.
0: Well, we'll go off topic, and I mean, I guess this is kind of like a Quentin Tarantino film podcast where we'll jump back to other topics, but uh living as a dad in Phuket people again don't understand that it is quite difficult cuz there isn't that support so a lot of people that are planning to move here i don't think they realize the cost of international schools <laughs> and okay as a single like uh i'm sure i'm a father somewhere out there but as a single guy well i have i have my girlfriend sorry cut that no don't cut <laughs> and that and we're back <laughs> <laughs> no. um so you are just it's saying a, you were a single guy, yeah? No, I, I'm uh, almost married, yeah. But for, for me, it's fine. The, the cost is nothing, I mean, except for last night's bar bill. But as a single father or, or just a parent in general, like if you're coming to Thailand, you have to put your kids in international school. People, do they not understand that? Do you, have, do you connect to people back home that say, hey, I love what you're doing, I'd love to come out there? You know, old, old, old friends, and you go, oh, wait a second you got to understand what it costs to actually live here.
1: I never tell people that. Um, The only reason being, I've never been asked, if I was being very honest with you. Um, I think there are options for schooling. You can go to a Thai school, and obviously it's free. I still think you have to pay a little bit. You go to the English program school, which is um, the Thai curriculum but taught in English, but that only goes up to a certain age group, or you go to the international school. For me, it had to be international, because if I do move around and do move wherever it may be they need to move schools so you you needed the international education Mm. it is super expensive it's crazy and the problem that is is I then from what I'm paying expect private school education and I think the issue I'm getting is I'm not getting what I think is private school education what I'm getting is just normal kind of education which isn't bad but I think sometimes what I'm paying for and what my expectations are you know, and what we're getting doesn't really meet up. Um so yeah, it is expensive, uniforms expensive, but listen, it it is what it is. You what can you do? You you either don't go to an international school. I think Phuket's expensive. If you wanna have I mean, look, Thailand, everyone says, Oh, Thailand's so cheap, it's so Yeah, it can be cheap if you want to live with chicken and sticky rice. And if you're a single person or you're a, a young couple that don't have any other responsibilities and you want to get on a motorbike every day, then they, yeah, you can live for cheap here, mm-hmm. and it'll be a great life. I wish thirty years ago I'd come to Asia. You know, I could have had a great life. It's it's not as cheap if you want to have, you know, if you want to go to Villa Market. Other shops are available, of course. And you want to buy normal food at Villa Market. It's expensive. But I'll go to Tesco's, go to wherever, super cheap. Yeah, okay, but sometimes you want
0: good yeah, quality food. Yeah, after a couple of weeks, you need to kind of... You
1: know, yeah. and I yeah, I get my meats from Macro, and it is relatively cheap, and you have to shop around. But it's not as cheap as what people think. It really yeah, is. And, and, unless and health and
0: healthcare as well. It's crazy. Healthcare's nuts. Yeah. Well, it I, is nuts. I had a motorbike nuts. accident. Two, I see a little scar two, in yeah, these. T- two weeks ago. I mean, this, I don't have healthcare here. Because I now now <gasps> I've kind of passed the point of I'm afraid, it's kind of like I haven't had it so long that I feel that if I get it, something bad's gonna happen.
1: But as a Canadian, surely do you have healthcare in, in Canada? Canada,
0: it's free. Um, I lived in China for seven years, and you don't need it there because it's dirt cheap. Like uh, I had a, a little spill one night in China. I just kind of fell over, cut my arm open. It was like fifty baht. They stitched you up here. <laughs> They go stitch you up at the hospital of Phuket, you're going to spend 10,000 baht.
1: No, it, it's a ridiculous amount, yeah. and, and I think the problem is, I, I do think you get ripped off here in many ways from the very bottom street carts right through to the very top big businesses. Everyone
0: can tries to make a buck out of you, they really do,
1: but that's but the, not, it is not what just it is. against
0: the Farangs, against the Thai. Oh, no, it I, I wasn't like, even, yeah, it's yeah, against yeah, yeah. Everybody. A- everyone like if you're a Thai and you want to go to Phuket hosp- or Bangkok hospital, you're still paying that, that absolutely. pretty absolutely, yeah. You get ripped off. Do now we, we're going back. You said you might go back to the UK. Do you have like that five-year plan where you're you're looking to, or is it kind of just you know uh, this what I, what you're doing now? You're going to continue doing until uh, a certain point in time.
1: I have no idea. I have no idea. I I'm, I'm not very good at planning. I can't. I couldn't even plan today. My I mean right now I'm thinking about my afternoon. I've, I've got to go and see Benny. Um, for a meeting down at one of the beach clubs. uh, Carpe Diem. Yeah, yeah, go see Carpe Diem. Then I've got to go pick up the school, or kids at school. Then am I going to go to the night market? That's as far as I'm thinking. Mm. Um, Right now, I'm about to probably make a big decision with my own podcast, which I think I've already made a big decision just because I want to have more time to produce other stuff. But leaving Phuket right now, I don't know, I'm making good money. So, you know... Make yeah, hay while it, the it, sun
0: shines. It, it's it's always it's hard to make those decisions in this high season as well.
1: But I, I did have a plan when my daughter was eleven and goes to senior school. I don't know what the difference is with different people from different countries, but when she goes to big school, that I was going to go back to UK. Mm. She's already turned eleven, so I'm not sure that's going to happen yeah, now. It's
0: not happening. <laughs> you, you're saying you you have a plan for your your podcast? Could you elaborate on that? Could no. Oh oh, oh. We'll save that for, for his own podcast. Um, real...
1: No, not at all. I just, well no, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I think Russell and I, I I spoke to Russell the other day and I think for me it's ready to come to an end. I think it's naturally after coming out it'll be the 150 episode. I got one more coming out next week, which is one four nine. And I said to Russell at one fifty, I think we're gonna call it.
0: Is it just because the ba- your bandwidth you don't have time? Is or
1: I, I think there's many reasons. I think that I always think things have a certain time span um i think that my audience with my podcast very different you know from from what your audience may be um and i think they m- I, I don't know i i i just want to change it up a little bit and i'm kind of I'm not bored with it but maybe i'm a little bit bored with it um and also just the whole as we talked about earlier finding guests yeah, and it's, finding it's the right guests and i think russell's got really busy with his job with his um dog job <laughs> I've got busy with doing videos with Sean, doing my own stuff. I've got other clients that I'm really busy with. I've got my other projects I want to do. I just think it's time to, to whether it's going to be, the, I don't think it'll be the end of, end of. I think it just needs a break and then come back maybe doing once a month, but in a different format.
0: Yeah, you, you still have to, to have the passion. I mean, I've thought about stopping this podcast multiple times. Sometimes you just get burnt out or you just have so many other things going on and then the podcast becomes an obligation and it, it loses that kind of the whole reason why you wanted to do it. it.
1: Listen, if, if something's not fun, mm. why do it? Now, I would do something that's not fun for money and for work when I had to. Yeah. Right now, I'm, I'm earning okay money. I still need more money. So if anyone out there wants to employ me. <laughs> um, but I think there's other projects I want to work on as well. And, I, and I, you know, I just need to push things to one side. And it's not as though my own podcast makes me a million baht a month. I have fun doing it, but I also, there's so much other fun stuff I want to do as well.
0: If money wasn't, uh, you know, a requirement, is there something that you would, like your passion that you would be doing just for yourself?
1: I still am working on that right now. I think the idea of having audio Netflix for Thailand or Phuket was always a plan. So you'd have different shows doing different things with different people. Um, So having a food-related podcast, having a, I don't know, a marine related one, whatever the big topics are, but having an, a, a Netflix style. So you could go on to the Shark 13 Productions homepage and there there's different podcasts with different things all around Phuket, all around tourism. And maybe that still happened. Like I said, I've got plans to do that still, but it's just having the time.
0: This audio background, you kind of touched light that you were also DJing as well. So understanding of for this audience is where did that originate from? Like what was the f- the first day you kind of got, you know, attached to the audio side, not just for the marketing, but in general, like okay. this, this world,
1: in this world, I audio, my love for audio came when I grew up uh, as a kid growing up in England, in Essex. Um, I loved just listening to stories, um, the old old style, and I'd put a tape in, and just listen to the tape. And you'd have a book with it, and it would go ding, and then you turn the page. Um, I loved listening to radio, so I'd listen to radio talk radio, especially. So um, I remember phoning up my first radio station for a competition to name a rabbit. I think I named it Smarty, and I got really upset because the the host then, after I would finished on the on the phone said, "Oh, that wasn't a very good name," and that really upset me. And and but I I still remember that, and I must have been about I don't know maybe eleven or twelve. I just loved audio. I loved radio. I really loved the the spoken word. I loved the stories. I loved it all. And then from that passion, I then got into the entertainment side of things. And when I was, I, I used to teach sailing around the world. So that was what I did for a job. And then doing events and entertainment in the evening. So I'd be doing MC work or hosting quiz nights or whatever, whatever, whatever. And then the, the the DJing just came from that, really. I'd go to the local bars and just pick up the fact that I'd just go and DJ. Or I'd MC. I, th- I mc at a club in Turkey. And the next day, they, they all came, these club guys all came to where I was working. And they wanted me to full-time to MC at night. So I was like, well, why am I just shout down a microphone mm. all night long? Okay, fair enough. Um, and then the DJing just came from that, really. Mm. I wasn't very good to start with. I was just picking music, but it was... I was in the bar just saying, right, we'll play that song, that song, that song, that song.
0: So you, at this point, you were traveling the world teaching sailing? Oh, I, wasn't you, you tra- were... I would
1: say traveling the world. I I loved teaching water sports. I, I wanted to be, growing up, I also wanted to be in a boy band. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be a TV presenter. The closest thing to it, I went on a water sports holiday, and I remember the instructors. All the kids loved the instructors. Mm. You know, the girls loved them. The boys wanted to be them. And it was like... They were in a boy band and I looked at those guys thought, I could do that. i was I, good at sport. I can teach water sports and then get the fans of, and that, that's what I went and did. And it was brilliant. You used to get, you used to, after you teach on the lake, you know, you'd run to wherever you were staying and you'd wait for the letters from the kids. Oh, we had a really great time. Thank you very much. And it was like being famous without the being famous. And it was fantastic. I loved it.
0: What drove you to Phuket? So everyone has their story of why they came here. What's yours?
1: Um, I was in London. I'd just given up working overseas after doing 15 years teaching around the world. So I was teaching in Spain, Greece, Turkey, Antigua. Um, And I'd given it all up because I thought it was time to get a real job. So I was living in London, um, working at a David Lloyd leisure center, hating every minute of it. And then I got a phone call from a guy who I used to work with in Turkey and Greece from one of the companies I used to work with and just said, hey, Jay, do you fancy coming over to Thailand to sell property? And that was what, 2007 when the property market was brilliant. And I just split up with a girlfriend at the time, and I went, fuck it. i got nothing else to do. Let's go. Never been to Asia before. Never even thought about coming to Asia. Didn't know anything about Asia. And within about a month, I was on the plane here selling property.
0: Straight to Phuket.
1: Straight to Phuket. Always okay. in Phuket.
0: Yeah, it's, I think for a lot of people, once they get here, I, I, not, the majority of them don't really hop around. Maybe they go to Bangkok, but it's, it's hard. I could
1: go to a city. No, it Bangkok was always Phuket. I love being by the water. I have to be by the water. I uh, have to be on the beaches. So, yeah, it just came to Phuket and started selling property, which was great for the first two years because the property market was amazing. You'd walk to work and people would just come in and want to buy a, a villa, you know, without doing anything. Mm. And then all of a sudden, 2009, credit crunch, bang. It all changed. It all changed, and that's when I got in back into DJing and back into entertainment in Phuket, because I needed to do something, and I was bored, and I had nothing to do. There was no property to you know to sell. Well, there was property to sell, but it, the market was kind of crashed. So then I heard an advert on the local radio saying looking for radio hosts, and I thought, why not go and do that? Mm. Went down, met Byron, and within a week or two, I was hosting my own show on local radio. Did you
0: ever connect with Tim Newton?
1: Yeah. Bless Tim. Yeah. He's a lovely boy. He's, he's, um, he, yeah. Tim and I met on, so I so I did radio with Byron. Then I started, after from radio, I then got into DJing at events. So then started to, I've de- DJed at some really dodgy places just to learn the ropes of it. Old school, you know, turn up in a bag of CDs, all my gear, go and rock up at some dodgy bar where you get paid fags and beer and food. Yeah. And that's what you play at. Oh, it was horrible, some of them. Um, but, you know, learned from that, then got into wedding DJing, where you earned a fortune from wedding DJing, until mm. all the other DJs came, then the prices dropped down. But I was getting paid 40 grand a night, Jeez. just for doing a wedding. I know, it was amazing. You do th- four weddings a, a month, <coughs> you know. Yeah, it's easy. It's super, wow. super cool. Until then, a load of other DJs turned up, and then the prices dropped. But no, I DJed at the White Party, that was amazing, doing the White Party down mm. at Catch, that was fantastic. But sorry, I've totally forgot your question. Oh, uh, sorry. Right.
0: Uh, your connection with Tim. Oh, for Tim. So yep.
1: basically, I then worked for Byron on ninety-one point five for a little while. Then I went to the Phuket Live, which was eighty-nine point five, with uh, Jason Bevan and that team. And that's where I met Tim. And Tim actually did a show. He did his Sunday show after my I was doing at that time. I was doing the weekend brunch.
0: So this is probably when Tim's just getting here. Yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. It was just when he first came here. Probably pre-Tiger then.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, it yeah. was pre-Tiger pre-tiger so I met Tim there and Tim and I had this (laughs) Tim and I in chalk and cheese but it worked really well so we'd have the crossover period where I would then hand over to his show and he was very precise and he's uh, he's a great broadcaster fantastic Mm -hmm. broadcaster I'm just an idiot and so you've got him being all kind of proper and stuff and then me just being an idiot trying to wind him up and then walking in and out of the studio when he's on the air and stuff and that's when I first met him and then when he set up the Tiger I think I'd finished at the radio then, and he then tapped me up and said, Jay, do you want to come and do on The Tiger with us? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, why not? So I was the first live voice. I say live voice, it was pre recorded, but I was the first voiced show on The Tiger when he started. And this is way
0: pre YouTube. They didn't really blow up. No, this was before YouTube. This was before
1: the newspaper. This was before all the websites. This is years and years ago. When Ah, The the Tiger first started, it was a radio station. Mm. And that's how we first kicked it off. I can't remember what the show was called. Oh, it was a fabulous, I think it was a fabulous with Jay the Shark or something like that. I can't remember, it was brilliant.
0: But the, Tim, I mean, he essentially started this as well, like the Tiger. Yeah, no, the Tiger was Tim's his, yeah.
1: um, to start with. Uh, I mean, look, I don't know the whole ins and outs, of it. Ooh, and I don't know what's happening now with what's going on, but he was the first one with the Tiger. Um, so I did that for about a year or so, and then once again, it just got to the fact where I wasn't getting paid for it. So, you know, I wanted to do other stuff.
0: Has Tim been on your show before?
1: No, we were going to try to, we we tried to get him on. The problem was he was always in Bangkok during most of the time, mm. but now he's back. I spoke to him because we started, we, we was talking to about doing a few other different things. I haven't had him on yet.
0: You got, you just bring him on the last episode and that's when you end the podcast. Just, hey Dude, Tim. This is Tim. Thanks very much. <laughs> that's, that's the Please. end of it. <laughs> Yeah, I was on his show. He does a Saturday. It was a Saturday he does the morning TNT show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a Saturday morning live show. It's funny. I crashed the Friday night. I hobbled in there on the Saturday morning, and I was. All, I almost didn't go, but I'm like, you know what? The hospital's on the way. So <laughs> I went there Saturday morning, and my girlfriend was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" But he's, yeah, he's a great. We've guy.
1: done we've done a couple of projects together. It, Tim and I are very different his style is very different from mine i've full on respect for how he does stuff um, i'm sure he does respect my stuff some but i did a couple of, he he hates the fact that i do it in my way mm. on some of the things i mean that's the thing with him with his new stuff he's i mean he's great at what he does with news whereas i look at it completely different but completely. everybody has
0: a character and and that's uh, i think that's important otherwise you're you're quite stale like in that like you need to have your own character which you do which i don't know if i do I'm you're playing. very chilled out I, i'm character. playing i'm playing uh trying to get through this podcast hungover guy you're
1: doing very well i have to say i'm impressed I, I've, I've i've learned done a, so much
0: i've done about 10 podcasts hungover and uh it's they're not too, actually this, this is going good you know what it's helping without the headphones because then you're not kind of stuck in there um so uh what, what was i saying i ba- don't know
1: back to you're saying how to, amazing i am i think it was
0: Let's throw a curveball, because I, I was going on, on the Tim side, uh, me hungover, crashing a bike story in my life. Jay LaShark, is this your real name, or is that the, 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 the character's name?
1: Um, it's the character's name, but I think the character is the real person. Once we'll go back to the – you're going to ask where the name comes from, I'm right. sure. So, sharking, back in the day, it was a term that we used if you were uh, – uh, sharks go on the hunt, always hunting for food. So, the word sharking was – you was always hunting for ladies. So I was a I was a terrible person, and I would always be on the hunt for ladies. I used to love going out, chatting girls up. That was what we did. Um, I'm an Essex boy. Um, we used to go out to the clubs and just chat up girls. I mean, that's that's what it was all about. And I got the nickname Sharky. Mm. So Sharky stuck from when I was about 16 onwards. And then I think when I set up, set up sorry, when I set up my first email account, this is oh, this is how old I am. I was in Turkey. Was this
0: that, AOL.com? No, this is a
1: hotmail. <laughs> this is hotmail. So it was a hotmail. And, it, and I just went, And I was with someone setting up and they said, What are you going to call yourself? I said, We'll be Jay, because that's what I was going by. Um, Le Shark. I don't know why I said Le Shark. I, I had no idea. It just came to us and it was just Jay the Shark. And Le Shark just stuck forevermore.
0: The the friend. I've Hey, my, my French is fluent, so I'm assuming. Oui, that, c'est bon. Yeah. I'm not
1: sure it's the right <laughs> French term for a shark anyway. But no, that's where it stemmed from, was just being always on the hunt for ladies, a bit of a, a mm. character back in the day. I, lo- I love it, and it, it is a character name completely. Um, my character is, I mean, we'll, we'll go back to the wrestling thing. The 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 J person is is just turned up mm. 10 notch. If I did something like this, I mean, I'm quite a, people won't believe this, but I really don't, Want to be out there that much? I quite like being at home. I'm not the greatest of persons. I don't have very many friends. I have a lot of people that I know, a lot of acquaintances. But like I said, I don't go out. I'm very happy in my own self. I'm very happy to be at home. I don't need the this whole thing. This is a show. This is purely and utterly a fun show for me. You know, doing this sort of stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, there's kind of a, a. Popular, famous Japanese proverb where it's essentially like everyone has three faces or three masks: one one you show to, you know, the world; one you show to your friends; and one you show to yourself. What is the face that you don't show to anyone? Me. Mm.
1: There's and, only a few people that will know who I really am.
0: And do you, do you kind of can you connect to that proverb as well? Because obviously Jay Lashark on the podcast that's the one to the world, the one that you give to your friends. And as you're saying, maybe that, that, that circle's small, or only, again, a select people that see that one, and obviously the one to yourself, maybe that's the only one you see at home. Do do people connect to those? like, Or do they have to get to you on like a very personal level? Sorry, this is not like a, a psychology meeting or anything in that sense. No,
1: I've actually interviewed a couple of psychologists, and it's really interesting talking to them, really interesting to them. There's only... One or two people, no, I'd say there's probably one person that really, really knows me mm. on the island. Um, but I n- know a lot of people, and I'm friends with a lot of people. You know, don't get me wrong, this is not, oh, woe is me, woe is me. I just, this is a character, it's a bit of fun, and it, it, it's a, it's a harmless bit of fun, and it's a harmless character. And it is quite funny, people that see me emceeing or see or just see the, the hear the J on the radio or see the J on the podcast or whatever. Um, but even if you listen to my podcast, you'll see there is part, I bring in, the real me into that, especially when we're talking mental health, mm. and especially when we're touching on that, and especially when we're trying to get to know people and try to really get them um, to come out with their own issues, then the, probably the real Jay will come out there. Mm. Um, but listen, people see me on stage, people see me MC and they take that J, me with my silly induendos, my childish sense of humour, and that's what people think I am, you know, and that's fine. It's up to problem. them. I, I couldn't care less anymore. I used to care what people think, and Russell will tell you that I still do. And I probably still do. <laughs> but I try not to. Um, but I'm, I'm, I am try not to be nasty. I try, I'm harmless. I try to just be... It's harmless fun.
0: Well, I think it's... Back home, we can all be uh, degenerate fuckheads if we want to. Because you're back home. You're in your own country. It's quite safe. I find, like, living in Asia, there's a certain, like, you know, boundary you don't want to cross. Because you don't want to le- lose this place. Or you don't want to fuck it up to you know, the point where, you know, you, you see the movies or you see friends back home where they've done something and they got to, maybe they're they're a prisoner in their own community. You can't do that in Phuket. Otherwise, you have to fucking leave.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, all I'm trying to do is just enjoy myself when I'm creating content or when I'm doing stuff like this. Um, and then my time at home is a time with the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and I do that then. And what I do in the evening is what I do in the evening by myself and just chill out.
0: Yeah, but there's certain even even for me without kids, there's certain bandwidth at the end of the night after you eat dinner and maybe you watch a show. Again, most people, you, you crash, you go to bed. You you don't have time for me personally. I don't have time to run around. It will happen maybe once a week.
1: Listen, it used to when I first came here in my thirties. It, it, it but that was party time. You know, we were earning good money because the property was selling. Mm-hmm. We was out every night. A Surin Beach was amazing back then. Amazing, one of the greatest places on on the world or in the world. Um. I'm older now, a lot older, a lot, lot older, different responsibilities, you know, life moves on, you know, and I I still, I think I'm still trying to try to grab that old school stuff. But I also, I'm I'm kind of got a balance between everything. I just feel sorry for my kids because they've got me as a father, which is people say I'm a great dad and I appreciate that. But my God, for them, they must think, what an idiot. I mean, I'm on the radio. All their friends hear me on the radio singing songs and being stupid mm-hmm. and making inappropriate jokes and stuff. And that's their friends. And their friends' mums are seeing that. And my kids are going to school going, oh, shit.
0: Well, you're the, vo- the voice of the uh, the Blue Tree jingle. So yeah. I, I've, I've heard that. If, and uh, it's I good, think, isn't it? Annoying, it took, no, but I think it took me like the fourth time hearing it. I'm like, wait a minute. That,
1: that's me and the kids. Yeah, we did ha- that in my bedroom. <laughs> how did you
0: come up with that? And and when you're, I guess, like uh, more in depth on that question, I don't know how in depth we can get on it, but basically we can go deep, baby. Let's mind. go deep on this jingle. I love but it. Do you get the creative like outlet? They kind of just say, "Hey, we need to do this," and you kind of just run with it, and they don't ask too many questions, or is there pushback?
1: Um, there hasn't been much pushback. I did on that particular advert. I did get some pushback from the owner. Um, and a few other people. And I, and I, I tried to explain to the blue trees team what you need to do with that. So this whole advert came up with, they said to me "Look, we need an advert for blue tree. And I was, for some reason, I can't remember if I was watching a, a football game, soccer, depending on where you're from. And I heard this chant and I remember chanting it when I used to go and watch football back in the day. Um, and I thought, let's just see if I put that to Blue Tree. It might work. Mm. Got the kids to sing with me, and we came up to it. Let's all go to Blue Tree, la, 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 And the, so the purely idea was, if anyone ever heard that, or they would start singing it. And I wanted everyone to sing it. I wanted to annoy the fuck out of people. And it did. And people still talk to me about it now. People come up to me in the streets. Oh, you're that one that does that stupid la, la, la. But I'm like, yeah, brilliant. It's working. And to me, it works. The, the whole idea with that is I wish... I really wish blue tree had run with it further and actually made a whole campaign out of it. I've actually got stuff planned to do after that. And it should have had a whole six month, maybe a, a 12 month campaign that you follow on from that one and you go to the next one and then it should be a video. Then it should be this then it should be that. Mm. They didn't run with that. Unfortunately, um, maybe I should push that further, but that but I, th- it's still on. It's the still on the, yeah, yeah. yeah. So at the moment that one still runs, um, I've done a couple of ad- adverts which haven't gone down so well. They've pushed back on them. Um, and a lot of times when I don't, I didn't really want my voice on it. I was so I was outsourcing voices, and then they said, "Oh no, we want your voice. We don't want to outsource voice." I'm like, "Okay, look, if, if that's what you want, and I can understand that from a brand, from an audio brand point of view, mm-hmm. then you hear my voice, you think Blue Tree, um, or especially so on the radio. So maybe it is right or wrong, but no, I love doing that. They they kind of we got one at the moment, which is a, a puppet advert, which is really hard. To, I mean, how do you do, a, advertise shadow puppets on radio? Yeah. Um, it was difficult, but I kind of found a little way about that. Although the, 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 some of the jokes in there are so... Precise to certain people or from certain demographics, especially that one. Then we got a cricket advert. I mean, who knows about cricket? I mean, there's only a certain groups of people mm-hmm. that know about cricket. So to write a cricket advert it's
0: for Alan. No, this uh, is
1: for a, a blue tree having a, a ah, cricket okay. competition. Okay. I think in I think it's either this weekend or next weekend or wherever this comes out. Um, I've dated that now. Um, but that was you know no they they give me free range the the let's all go one. So yeah, the owner came up to me and she said she hates it. She wants it off. Was that Christine at the
0: time? The um,
1: I can't say who the owner is or the owner isn't. I'm under contract. Oh. But yeah, you were right. Um, oh, she's
0: the granddaughter every, every, of Patik Philip. Uh, I, 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 Whatever you say, yes. Yeah. Well, no, I, I've met her a few times. She's amazing. She's a very. She, no, was no, she was an she interesting... Is, I tried to get her on here, but I don't... I don't even think she's it, always coming. And it, it,
1: it, it, I don't think it's the right. Thing I try. To have. I try. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: she's. I've had a, a couple conversations with her. Very interesting lady. She's brilliant. She lived in Nepal. Oh, she's like
1: got it. a gra- Her story yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. Christine, and come on. It took me a bit of time. Like, I've been with Blue Tree as a consultant for about maybe four or five years. It took us a good couple of years to because we're very different characters. Hmm. We come from very different backgrounds. You know, an Essex boy who acts like a child to a very well-off, you know, come from a very good family, you know, lady. But we've bonded in a really strange way, in a really weird way. It's just taken time, but we both kind of respect each other and what each other does. And she loves the creative side of things that I have, and she's a very creative person herself. She hated that advert, though, and Mm -hmm. wanted it pulled off straight away. But only because... She was at yoga with a couple of people, and they, an older couple, they hated it. They go, oh, I hate this, but it's so annoying. It's so horrible. Christine, you should take it off. You should tell them to take it off. And everyone's in her ear, and it's like, Christine, they're talking about it, which means it works. If they're talking about it, good or bad, they're talking about it. They're telling their friends they hate it. It's working,
0: so leave yeah, it. Yeah, even, even if it's annoying, you still uh, will remember. It's kind of like George Costanza on Seinfeld by Menon. Yeah. Costanza. So he's saying that, like... Hey, by the third date, this is how they're saying your name. So the annoyance is actually beneficial. Absolutely. Because they're going to remember that and come and back. And
1: people remember that. And people remember me. For, I mean, when my current adverts, I love it when people come up and say, oh, we heard your cricket advert. You would, or someone, a little kid from a school, I was at a school taking pictures, which sounds really dodgy, but not like that. Mm-hmm. I do social media content for them. But the kid comes up oh, I heard your cockroach advert. I say, Cock, what cockroach advert? She goes, oh, the one where you're talking about cockroaches. I'm like, you mean the cricket one? yeah that's the one the cricket one. Oh, brilliant but you know she's engaging she heard it so for me i think it's, it's about being creative with with adverts you've really you've got 30 seconds 45 seconds to get that message over and get people to remember it
0: Yeah, and every single word has to be people don't the importance of the vocabulary and the word and the timing it's Absolutely. Ev- everything matters and
1: also remember on, on radio the people are listening however many people listen they're all from different countries They're all from different backgrounds some might speak English, some might not speak English. Some might, you know, a Canadian might be, uh, understands a joke differently from a, an Indian or a Pakistani or a, an English guy or whatever. So you've got to be really kind of, it, it, it's, I love it. I love that medium.
0: I think yeah, it's you brilliant. can't have those like cultural jokes that only apply to your No, country.
1: unless you're like me that puts me in every now and again just to make a few English people laugh. But it yeah. works, you know, you, you just make a couple of people laugh and I'm happy with that.
0: But before we end this, what are, one hour, we probably went over one hour. What are we at? Oh, one one five, perfect. Um, more of like, thanks
1: Hans for keeping the count of the number. He's doing yeah. well, isn't he? Hans is half a Is sleep. he never on the TV? Hans is more. <laughs> There's a massive clock you know, behind you. That's that
0: funny, though. We got the clock there, and every time I start, I forget to even look at it at the beginning. And even if I do, I don't remember see, the time. I,
1: on mine, see, this is such a beautiful studio. I have a computer. Like, I'm, I'm sat where Hans is doing the hosting and the computer, and I have a little, um, a duck, um, stop clock. Ah, you should okay. get yourself a duck stop clock. What's all this stuff Anyway, Why are you playing chess?
0: I'm definitely not playing chess. I, mm. don't, I, I, I don't even know. When did that go in? Last week? Is this product placement? I no not This is, yeah. This is our mushroom products. They are out. Can I just say live. it's empty?
1: That's bullshit. Yeah. It's not even a real product.
0: Yeah, no, no. We're not putting real. It's all downstairs. We, we just launched. So. I can't read that. It's all, uh, it's all natural Buy stuff. Buy mas- uh, mushroom? mushroom? Mushrooms. Mushrooms, yeah. Buy this is energy.
1: They're fun guys. That's a, good
0: joke for you there. that's a good pun there we go we got a good mushroom pun. there's
1: not much room on the table with all your products eh? you can have that one you take it to the thing <laughs> yeah right anyway go on
0: um we're running over time well to to kind of end it and it's more like on the, the my i guess it's more a personal question from the <gasps> podcast i as i stumble over my ending words the great question let's clean that up but is <laughs> do you have when, when you Don't bring when you bring on a uh, a guest um, do you have like any set go-to questions? Are you doing like thorough prep, or do you kind of just wing it?
1: I wing it. You wing it. I wing it. Um, I have done a couple of bits of pieces of prep, but for me, for my podcast, I just want to. I, I want it to be raw. I, re- I hardly do. I don't edit very much. One because I'm lazy, um, but two. I just want it to be so raw. I want it to be a conversation you're having with mates in the coffee shop. So when I send people the prep, I say, look, here are some of the questions we're going to ask. Not in any particular order, but the main question is, when did you get to Phuket? Why did you come here? And then we see what flows of it. And we do have a couple of set questions, but it depends who the person is and what business they're in. Um, and it's the great thing for my podcast. you have Russell to, to bounce off of, and he's, he is a smart, intelligent guy a lot more than I am and understands life a bit better. So he will come up with different questions I come up with. I mean, I'm thinking of jokes and thinking of, oh, that was funny. What I'm going to ask about that. And the same as you go off on different tangents and different things. Um, but, yeah, we don't really have anything go to. There's One no, th-
0: like, these, you know, you, you, you have the go-to question when that guest comes in and you've kind of planned it out. Of,
1: um, maybe of- a little bit. I mean, we had, a, a, we had DJ Kimmy on, who's a beautiful 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 Thai DJ I had a couple of go-to questions but because only because I was a, a DJ and I knew what pissed me off as a DJ mm. like people asking you to play a song but having no idea what the song was called and um, people singing the song to you people putting their drinks on your DJ booth you know people trying to talk to you when you're mid-mix but that's only because I've, I've done that um the only people I've really prepped for I would say would be the mental health ones I had um a life coach come in. I just didn't know. I'd never met him before and didn't know anything about him. Mm. So I did a little bit of prep, but like I go on his website, have a quick look, right. That's it.
0: And a lot of it, it just flows. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it really depends on the guest. Like for you, I I didn't want to do prep because I know you've been here so long and I've been here that it's going to flow. But when you're bringing, sometimes you get people coming on the Island that have only been here a week. You, You need to do a bit of prep because you don't have any connection there.
1: No, I agree, and I think for, for ours, we've done a couple where we'd, we've had no connection at all, um, but there is always a connection somewhere. And I think that the, the fact that I've been here 16 years, Russell, I think, has been here 17 years, there's going to be somewhere our, our lives have crossed somehow. I, I don't know how that paths are, but they, they might have crossed, or we might know their friend or their friend. There's only been a couple that we've n- we have nothing at all that we've in common or anything, and, but they're still interesting. They're still fun.
0: Yeah, and it, it's, it's good to kind of, it's like, again, the, the conversation at the coffee shop, I always say like, you know, having a drink at the local bar, it's you meet someone there and you just, that's the conversation.
1: Absolutely, and who knows what's going to come yeah. up. And I don't like, I remember when I was on the radio, and I know we're running over, so i it's oh, no, okay. I used to plan questions as well. And the problem when you plan questions, guests come in. So uh, when did you get here? I got here and it was nice. It was a great day. Okay, and, and then what happened after that? Well, that's not on my question list. I, I haven't prepared that question. And I, you know, it then, so that's why I don't want to prepare questions. You know, and yeah, it, I kind of They don't that, flow as well. Yeah, just let it flow. I mean, on my radio show, uh, I used to interview chefs, and it was like, okay, sometimes you just have to pre-come up with the questions. But I used to hate the conversation. It was such a boring interview. It really was. It's like, what's your favorite dish to cook? What do you yeah, cook and at it, home? And then
0: you're not really in the conversation, because when they're talking, you're thinking of the next question. And then you're not, like, really engaging. No, absolutely. It's almost like a job interview.
1: Yeah, no, completely. And that's what it started to turn out to be. And the chefs were very much, and it's like, no, just tell me something else. What do you (laughs) hate cooking? What pisses you off? You know, have you ever thrown a knife at someone? You know, they're not going to answer. Just get them in a conversation. Conversations, I think, are cool. I mean, more conversations are better. If people talk more, I think it would be much better. For me, so many of my problems in my life have come through bad communication.
0: I think that's everyone. As and
1: well. I think that the, the issue is, I think, and also with social media, I think it's made it even worse. I'm going to have a bit of a rant about social media. I'm glad social media wasn't around when I was mm-hmm. growing up, sounding old, but, you know, some of the shit that I did as a kid, my God. But I think even, you would know, send WhatsApp messages or whatever, people take that in the wrong way depending on how they're taking it. And I think, just having a, a normal conversation and talking makes a big difference. Yeah, the,
0: there's a Key and Peele. So I like Key and peel. It's a funny little sketch show. I don't know if you've seen those guys. Never, but they have like a funny sketch of a, a, a guy's texting his buddy, but the, the other buddy's like interpreting it as like they're about to fight. So it's kind of like like the the basis of it is like, hey, what are you doing? You want to hang out? Sure, whatever. So he's just saying sure, whatever. The guy's reading is like, sure, what, what?
1: Yeah, you're taking it in the wrong so, way. Yeah, you you, you take
0: it out of context context and in, in especially for business. That's why I send a lot of voice notes and people hate it because I feel that like sometimes when you just write something short, Hans is like, fuck that guy. He's sending me one minute voice <laughs> notes, but you, I, you don't want to lose that content, a, a context of coming across the wrong way as well.
1: I agree. And I think it's a lot easier to send voice text, yeah. although I have to be very careful. Um, I have a, a private WhatsApp chat with Russ and a couple of other people that that stuff can't ever go out
0: yeah you gotta be careful yeah it's, well i think there's like i don't know i'm a big curb your enthusiasm fan like larry david i think there's a certain like there's the the whatsapp let's say uh voice note like rule like don't i i i'm i'm a problem with it but like don't send a three minute voice note don't uh send 10 20 second ones like th- there has to be the cutoff rule of you like rules you got rules, You've got there, rules on I your think, voice messages i think there's rules on them no, yeah, no, not? I don't follow any of them. <laughs> I don't follow any of them. I consciously think about it and then it's already 1 minute, but it's at the same time it's like, okay, maybe you want to keep them at 10 20 seconds cuz again, I get ones that are 3 minutes. I'm like, fuck that guy. I'm not I'm not even I'm just going to I'm go, I'm getting the cliff notes on this thing and you're just Yeah, kinda, I just
1: I, I basically just send video messages to Russell, but then he he would not open them in public just in case.
0: Uh, right before we we end it, you you yes. mentioned the point on social media and I I, I felt like you're going to go a bit Deeper and oh, maybe sorry. it's it's more of a, a personal question now that I don't have kids. Do you monitor that? Do you restrict that as a parent, like on your children with social media, like with phones and Instagram? Um, I I can't even relate to that. My but kids it's... are a bit
1: young, to be fair. Um, my boys eight, my daughter's eleven. They're just getting into it now. I think my eleven year old will. I mean, they mention TikTok all the time. Oh, that was a TikTok. Or I've seen that on TikTok. Um, yeah, I monitor it, but I also trust them. Um, mm-hmm. My boy watches a lot of YouTube. He watches a lot of, w- he watches gamers gaming on YouTube rather than gaming himself, which yeah. I, I find incredibly weird. Watching someone build Minecraft, I'm saying to him, "Why don't you build it? Why don't you do it yourself?" Oh no, I want to watch him do it. Okay, weird. Just okay, fine, whatever. But um, I trust them, hmm. you know. And, and it's the same. My my parents who are over here recently, they hate the fact that I swear in front of my kids. Um. But I don't do it all the time. But I also trust them not to do it. And I teach them and say, look, I said that then. And I said it for this reason. Don't say it in front of adults. Don't say it at school. You know, and I trust them doing watching videos. If you're watching something inappropriate, tell me you're watching it inappropriate. Or if I see you watching it, don't watch that.
0: Yeah, it's the real world. I mean, you can't control
1: everything. I, I can't control everything in their lives. I just have to give them the ground, which is worrying that I'm giving them a grounding. But I have to give them the ground They're saying, look, it is what it is. When I grew up, we used to run into the woods and we used to find porno magazines Mm. in the the woods. I mean, how porno magazines got into woods, I don't know. Well, I kind of do know, but it (laughs) wasn't me, by the way. I didn't do it. But, you know, my parents didn't stop me from going to the park or going to the woods because there were porno magazines in there. Mm. I think you just have to... I mean, look, every parent's different and I respect every parent. Some... My God, my kids went on a camp and three parents complained because they didn't want to go on the long tail boat because they said it was too noisy and their kids would hurt their ears. And they didn't want to go kayaking because the tide was too high. And there's these precious parents in the Mm. world. Fine. I've got no issues with that at all. Just keep it to yourself. Mm. I do what I do with my kids. You know, we go into, we will go walking with no shoes on in the mud and we, you know, we don't brush our hair. We're a bit crazy and stuff. Mm. Then there's princesses all dressed up nice. That's fine. Everyone's different. Yeah, you know, oh, well, it's, it's the real it, world It's the well. real world. I, I just have respect for my kids. I treat They're my best friends. They are my best friends. So I treat them like my best friends. Sometimes they piss me off. That's, uh, probably sometimes I piss them off, but I trust them. Um, with social media, yeah, it's going to change a little bit. I think my daughter's getting a, close to that age now where, you know, puberty's going to start to come in, and then maybe there might need to be more um, control. But right now, just teach them. Teach to be smart. Oh, it's,
0: yeah, it's, I've, I, I see some of the parents out there doing it. I've always, it's more a personal question. I'm wondering, because we didn't have that growing up. I no, mean, we're not all. probably close to the same age, but. Oh, I'm we, a lot
1: older. You're a lot younger than me.
0: Oh, well, there wasn't. We didn't really have Although that. Although I look
1: younger, I just have to say. Yeah, you look Only because today, today
0: you look rough as a fucking <laughs> badger's ass, to be fair. Yeah, I, I, I went downstairs to eat. It took 30 minutes. Surinbay, and what the fuck was going on? And I'm like, yeah, all yeah, right, Oh, they got a great English breakfast, but then uh, I called Hans. I'm like, bring me a San Miguel. He fucked that up. So, anyways, well, we we powered through Hans.
1: that. Don't blame Hans.
0: On that note, we're gonna end this podca- podcast. I look horrendous. Um, so, so you look really white, actually. Yeah, it that's the lighting. Um, I'll, I'll kick it back to you. This is yes. your your camera here. If you could let every everyone know, like, uh, camera number two, camera three. Oh, sorry, now two. Um, just how how people can find you. Um. Especially if, like, uh, oh. if, if, if people want to reach out to you for any potential work, we'll put links in the description. But, how what is the best way they can reach do you? Know you?
1: What I love the fact you point down when you say that as well. Because I Russell tells me off, I'll, we put links in the description. Yeah, yeah, we do an audio podcast and I'm pointing down. No one ever sees <laughs> it. Um, listen, you, you Jay the Shark, just search Jay the Shark on Google and you'll find it. I mean, that's the easiest thing. Jay the Shark at gmail.com, Jay at shark 13 productions. If you want five star marine, it's J at five star marine Jade Shark, just search that on the old Google box. Happy days. Perfect. It's the easiest thing.
0: Links in the description, and uh, buy our supplements. Uh, yeah, buy because mushrooms. Apparently, international school is expensive, so I need to start making some money here.
1: Yeah, buy more mushroom <laughs> stuff. Is it good stuff? I don't know. What does it do? Yeah, it it's, me it's happy? all
0: it's all uh, immune system stuff, brain health, and cordyceps and blah blah blah. Does it deal with hangovers? so it's not that good it's not there's no cure for that I'm, go, I'm going to the Twin Palms hey pool. thank
1: you for having me on yeah thanks so Appreciate much
0: for. it, j- for j- it went well I, I powered through it went Hans. amazing how, how did I do Hans it's alright thumbs up from Hans yeah Hans is Hans is high he's always smoking weed on my podcast I'm don't joking. smoke weed it's yeah. bad for you <laughs> I'm joking alright we're out thanks a lot guys uh, subscribe do all that fun stuff